Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this October 12, 2018 edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. You're in for a total treat, and how timely we're in the month of Halloween, and I thought I would invite this guest on. He's a highly sought-after guest speaker, and he's been on so many shows, too many to list. He was absolutely shocked that Christians celebrate Halloween, and a little secret that you may not have known about Halloween. So what a treat you are in for. My guest is John Ramirez. He is the highly popular, sought-after public speaker and award-winning author. He's been a featured guest on hundreds of TV and radio programs, including The 700 Club, Sid Roth, Supernatural. He tells his true life story of how he was trained to be a high-ranking warlock in New York City, casting powerful witchcraft spells and controlling entire regions. He was raised in an impoverished ghetto neighborhood, and he learned to survive hard, cold streets of the South Bronx. Looking for love and validation, he eventually found his way at a very early age into a new family of witches and warlocks who groomed him to become a high priest. His plunge into the dark side reached a boiling point one night, and he's going to talk about that, until God intervened through a miraculous, larger-than-life dream, revealing really who he was and snatching him back from the grips of hell. He's a vibrant evangelist who was mentored by one of my personal favorites, the late, amazing David Wilkerson, and he now helps thousands of people find their way out of Satanism, Santeria, spiritualism, and he's going to share his remarkable testimony as told in his book, Out of the Devil's Cauldron, and he's going to weigh in on this very devilish holiday coming up. He's actually said he is shocked that Christians celebrate Halloween, and he's going to tell us why. It is the one and only brother John Ramirez. John, welcome to the program. It is a pleasure to have you back. Oh, thank you, my sister. It's a blessing to be on your show. Uh, just amazing to to team up with you. I, actually, I'm I'm blessed to know that someone out there is not afraid of the devil. So I'm so happy to be part of this amazing show tonight and to bless your listeners, to teach your listeners, to understand that we are more than conquerors. We are the we are the righteousness of Christ Jesus, and we need to let the devil know that we are coming and we ain't playing games with him. Well said. Well said. We're not playing games, and that's really important for people to understand that. We're not in a playground, folks. We're on a battleground. Well, John, you know a lot about hexes and vexes. And and speaking of which, check out this headline. Witches launching a ritual to hex Brett Kavanaugh and still working to bind Trump. This is front page news. So not only are they launching these rituals to hex Brett Kavanaugh, but witches are working on binding Trump. There's this big, huge thing coming up October 20th. So really, this is a timely show. John, start with, for the new listeners who have not heard your testimony, let's lead off with, get into your testimony for the folks, John. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, you know, it's it just, it just, I, sometimes I think I'm dreaming and I'm someday I'm going to wake up and I, and I thank God that that's not the case. But, you know, it's just been such an amazing journey for 16 years. I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, one of the, the, the amazing thing is that I never signed up for Christianity. I never wanted to be a Christian. I never really thought it was attractive to be a Christian. I thought that Christianity was uh, a place of weakness, uh, powerless, a uh, place of uh, you needed a crush or someone to love on you. There was nothing reaffirming about Christianity to me that I, I was uh, attracted to in any way, any form, 
not even for five minutes I wanted to be a Christian. I was actually a third high-ranked ever worshiper. I was a general in the kingdom of darkness. I was a general in the, in the kingdom of, of Satan himself. I had direct contact with the devil, the demons, the principality from different regions, different demons on the ground, different locations. I was uh, an evangelist to the dark side. I would recruit, train people, equip them on spiritual warfare on the demonic side. I would have people understand how to do witchcraft, how to take the, the time, because time is, you know, the Bible said redeem your time. And I think Christians kind of read over that because the kingdom of darkness is all about time because they wait for the right timing to attack the church. They wait for the right timing to attack your neighborhood. They wait for the right timing to attack your family. It meant there's so much in the kingdom of darkness about time. So my thing was, uh, I was a general in the kingdom of darkness. From the age of eight years old, I was going to demon church already. All the way to the age of 35 that, you know, Jesus just crashed into my life like a, a runaway train and took me to hell because there was no Christians out there was able to evangelize to me because they didn't have no power. Not because their God wasn't all powerful. It's because the vessel was weak. The vessel didn't have no substance of the truth of reality of what a Christian is supposed to be like, look like, walk like, and have the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And to me, I was, I was fixed. I was like a junkie. I was high on power, on demonic power, from astral projecting, from doing witchcraft, from locking the four corners of the world, the witchcraft and, and secrets of the, of the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says that the devil is the god of this world. So I reign and rule with the devil for 25 years. And even to the point that people were saying, no, he is the devil's son, he is the devil's son. I could prove to people that I was so engrafted, the devil was in me and worked through me against Christianity and against non-believers. I had a name, I had a reputation, I had territories uh, assigned to until Jesus Christ in October 1999 crashed the party. And I left one daddy to follow another daddy that I, I couldn't see when I used to see the devil face to face for 25 years. There was two back-to-back uh, -to -back incidents, circumstances that happened in my life. Once I was, uh, I came from a night of recruiting people for, to the demonic side from clubs and, and lounges the night before. So that, that morning, I, I came home about five in the morning because there was a curfew the devil gives you. You can't be out no more than five in the morning recruiting people because after six o'clock in the morning, the sun starts coming out and uh, there's no really power in the light. No power of darkness in the light. So you can function on the level of spiritual warfare and in the demonic realm after five in the morning. I came home that night. I went to sleep and I woke up in the morning. I was watching one of these uh, crazy TV shows. I think it was Jerry Springer I was watching. And a lot of stuff was going on in the show, people hitting each other. You know, it was one of the degrading shows. At the time, I thought it was one of the best shows. At this time, it's a very degrading show. People degrading each other back and forth. But anyway, the, the whole thing was that I, I heard the voice of Jesus Christ for the first time speak to me like I'm speaking to you or you speaking to me say son I mean first of all God called me son I was like blown away call me son I wasn't in I wasn't in part of your baseball team I wasn't part of your team I wasn't in, I wasn't saved I wasn't looking for Jesus and and sure I didn't want Jesus to come look for me anyway so he called me son he said what are you going to do with your life I'm coming soon what are you planning to do with yourself and when I heard that voice it, it I mean kind of like grip me in my spirit because I I knew the voice of the devil. I knew the voice of Jezebel. I knew the voice of the demonic forces. I knew the voice of different principalities. I knew the voice of territory demons, familiar spirits. I knew the voices. I mean, 25 years of devil worship, I knew every voice. So for this voice to speak to me out of nowhere, I mean, grip me. And I kind of looked around the room where the voice came from. At one, at one moment, I thought it came out from the TV. 
the stuff I was watching, and I know I, I didn't have a hangover because I didn't that night I didn't really drink that much. And then I, I saw from one side of the room, I saw like the whole sky was on fire. This vision of the whole sky on fire, and people running like crazy, trying to find somewhere to hide, and terror on the people are trying to hide somewhere to hide. And then later, years later, I read the Book of Revelation, speaks about the, the sky going on fire and all this other stuff. So to me, it was like what a vision. Then a couple of weeks later, I was dating a young lady. Uh, she was a backslider. And she invited me to church. I grabbed the pastor by the throat. They couldn't get me off him. I mean, all these episodes going on. I came home. I was exhausted. For the first time after 25 years, I was feeling oppressed, depressed, and I couldn't understand why this stuff is coming on me. But I, I knew that there was this man called Jesus that was pulling me from one side, and the devil was pulling me from the other. So I was like being pulled from both directions. You know, the demonic side was pulling me. It was like a tug of war. Like one side wanted me here, and the other side wanted me there. And it was just going back and forth. Actually, I was depressed for the first time after so many years i was thinking of suicide actually i was thinking of uh, suicide would have been the best the best option for me at that at that moment that's how this thing was crushing me it was like crushing me to the point that suicide would have been the best way out i, I remember i sat on the bed and i was thinking what would be the best way to commit suicide that would look real that my daughter can collect the life insurance and, and have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in her pocket so i said you know what i know what to do i said jesus i don't know what they call you i don't know what your name is i don't know what you're about i don't want nothing to do with you i don't want nothing to do with you i'd rather die and go to hell before i serve you i don't want nothing to do with you i don't renounce you i don't want nothing to do with you and then as i was falling asleep for the first time in my entire life i felt like i was going under anesthesia and as I was going to that mysterious sleep, this sleep came over me. And it's amazing because if you read the book of Genesis, when God put Adam in a deep sleep, it's something like anesthesia. And when he pulled out the rib and made Eve. So I was going to that deep sleep. As I was going to that deep sleep, the only thing that came out of my mouth wasn't planned. It wasn't orchestrated, anything like that. All I said was, if you're bigger than the devil. Then you show me tonight or leave me alone. And that's when God took me to hell. I was just on this train that was going faster than never, ever. Could imagine the speed on this train filled with people. People on the train, Jezebel was on the train speaking to me, the monotron calling me traitor. And the people on the train, they had no faces, but you could feel the fear. They know they was going to a place that they wasn't going to return. And the train hit the, hit the portals of hell, and the, the doors opened, ended up in hell. As I ended up in hell, my sister, I was looking for I was looking for a window. I was looking for a door. I was looking for somewhere that I, I knew that I knew in my life. That, you know, it's an amazing thing that when you hit hell, the first thing that comes into your mind as a human being, and the Lord showed me this, the first thing that comes into your mind as a human person, you say to yourself, I don't belong here. And I said, I can't die here. I don't belong here. And as I was going to the portals in, of hell and trying to find my way through the portals of hell, fear gripped me. Fear, I mean, it came over me like a coat. And I was trying to shake it off. I couldn't shake it off. And then the devil came out and confronted me. I loved you. I gave you everything that you needed. First of all, the devil can't love you because you made an image of God. But that, you know, the devil's a lie. He can't ever tell the truth anyway. So he, he kept talking to me. And I said, I, I don't know. I'm just confused. I was talking to him back in the demonic tongues. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. You know, give me a chance. So when he went to grab me in hell, the cross of Jesus Christ appeared in hell and just zapped the strength out of the devil. And the devil fell like a toddler on the floor. And I ran deeper into the portals of hell. As I went deeper into the portals of hell, in the last encounter I had with the devil, he came out again furious. I mean, this this thing was like 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 a runaway train. I mean, this was about 15 feet tall, furious. I mean, ready to come on me again and tell me I'm going to destroy you because you know too much about the occult. You know too much about Santeria spiritualism. You know too much about my, my religion. And I know if I let you live, you expose me. And you will tell the people how I entrap humanity 
into the kingdom of darkness, because there's 21 roads to the kingdom of darkness, by the way. Uh, you will expose every demonic activity that I do in the world. You will expose it, and people will know the truth. So I have to destroy you. So when he went to destroy me for the last time, I showed him my cuts. I had cuts in my body. Those are the ceremonies I did to send my soul to the devil. And he said, fool, I give you those. I give you those. That's why I own you. And when he went to grab me again, the cross of Jesus Christ appeared in hell and set me free. And when I came back from hell to the earth, my spirit went into my body. It felt like I was at an ER room. People were giving me electrical shocks. It went in that heart into my body. And I woke up and I knew that Jesus Christ was Lord. And I turned from 25 years of committed to the dark side. I had $100,000 of witchcraft stuff in my house. My witchcraft was so diabolical that if I said I was going to kill you in 30 days, you was going to die. Giving people miscarriages, giving people a uh, spirit of sickness, uh, de destroying families, destroying people through witchcraft, uh, through astral projecting, turning myself into an animal and ending up in your house. All that kind of diabolical witchcraft, cemetery, human bones, all that stuff. I gave it away and I counted foolish to gain Christ. And I've been following Jesus Christ for 16 years. Wow, what a powerful testimony, John. What an amazing journey out of darkness into light. Wow. Well, you know, Santeria, funny you mentioned that because a lot of people just think, oh, Santeria, it's this really benevolent, you know, it's just worship of saints. It's syncretized with Roman Catholicism. It's just another branch of Roman Catholicism. I've actually heard people in Santeria say that. It's the same thing with being Wiccan. Oh, no, I'm just a good benevolent witch. Nothing to see here. It's all just white magic as opposed to black magic, they always make things like Santeria, the worship of saints, seem like it's just nothing but harmless and benevolent, don't they, John? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, you know, it's amazing because Santeria means worship of saints, but it's not really worship of saints. It's worship of devils and demonic forces. That's what it's really about. And I was initiated to that demonic realm uh, at the age of eight years old. So I was in that between spiritualism and Palomayumbe. Those are the three most satanic occult gateways and portals that you can get involved with. A good friend of mine, he actually got delivered from uh, this Luciferian church. He was a high priest in the Luciferian church. And we were having a conversation on the phone, him and I. And, uh, you know, because, you know, you, you, you want to embrace other brothers that got out of the occult. You want to embrace them. Like, people you know, embrace other brothers that came out of jail, you know, to jail ministries and stuff like that. So I wanted to embrace this brother. And we were just going back and forth, sharing uh, things that he did in the occult and sharing things that I did. He was astonished. He was shocked. He was, he was like, blown away. Like, wow, you did this. You did that. You kill animals. You drink blood. We didn't do this in this kind on this level. So, so what I'm saying with that, that you know, I was so engrafted into the witchcraft, satanic world of the occult. I became third high ranked devil worshiper in New York City after 25 years of, of dabbling in the occult, going to demonic churches. Everything that the Christian church did, my sister, we did the opposite. And the funny thing, you just say something that hit me for the first time. Since I've been delivered 17 years in the Lord, you say something very, uh, at first time it just popped that at me, warlock. What does warlock mean in the, in the demonic world? Warlock means demonic world means spiritual warfare on the dark side. That's what warlock means, a spiritual warfare on the dark side. So, so from the age of eight years old, it was really because I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be accepted because I came from a broken home, didn't function at home. My father was a witch doctor. My father was a warlock, too. My father knew witchcraft. I came from a lineage of line of witches and warlock from my father's side with my aunt and everyone else that was involved. I got cousins still involved in the cult. 
praying for them. A lot of them came out of the occult, thank God for that. So me being in the occult from the age of eight years old to the age of 35 years old. I even got married in Halloween, by the way. I had a demonic wedding in Halloween. And I sent out invitations so people come to my wedding and no one wanted to come to my wedding. Top mediums of the occult world came to my wedding so they can channel different demons so they can baptize my wedding. That's how demonic this wedding was. On Halloween, on October 31st, I got married. So all these things took place in my life from a broken home, broken childhood, from an, a father that loved the devil more than he loved his children. Uh, he, my father loved the devil more than he loved us. And I tried to say my father got shot in the face for a woman that wasn't even his at the age of 33 years old and died instantly uh, from a gunshot on a bar fight. So at the age of 13, I was, I was sitting by my father's casket. As a, my father died as a, as a demonic warlock, witch doctor. And what, the very thing I hated, the very thing I hated, I became like my dad. I became a witch doctor, a warlock, a bad father, uh, broken promises to my daughter. I was raised in a home that I would see, de I would see demons walking my house, walking in and out of my house at, at any given time. My father would light the fire on the floor. He would take me and my brothers, and he wanted us to walk uh, over the fire to purify us from any evil situation. And meanwhile, that's just a joke because he was just initiating us to the dark side. So for 25 years, I had, a, I had a, an encounter with Jesus Christ, went to hell, came back, and that's how I got saved. Uh, I, I think that uh, today, the church at large, you know, they're looking for fame. The church at large is looking for fame. And, and I, was eight, I was seven and a half years old. Was, give or take like seven, seven and a half years old. I was at a schoolyard, a playground. And a broken playground in the South Bronx is a broken lot. And uh, I walked into the, to the broken lot, to the playground to play. And uh, this man, a pastor man, was up there on the platform. He was preaching the gospel. And I heard the gospel for the first time at the age of seven, about seven and a half years old. Heard the gospel, and I was like floored because the sun is so beautiful. Sunday, man, it was like music to my ears. My heart was jumping. At seven and a half years old, my heart was jumping. Sunday, so it sounded like a love song. And and this man, he came off this homemade stage and started to pray for people. And as he was going by, people were just being touched. And I, I seen people fall on the floor. And I was like wondering, I was like shocked, like why are these people falling on the floor? What's going on here? My puny mind was trying to reason of what was taking place, but my heart was racing fast because he was approaching me and he was coming towards my direction. And I was such an excitement that I, I wanted this man to put his hands on me like he was doing with the other big people, touching the other big people. I said, well, he's going to touch me and I'm going to be loved and I'm going to be accepted. And this Jesus guy he's talking about is going to wrap his hands around me and he's going to embrace me and he, I'm going to take him home with me so he can fix my dad and he can fix my mom and he can fix my brothers. So we could have a happy home. And that's all this stuff is going through my mind like 90 miles an hour. And then when he got to my point, when he got to me, this preacher, this preacher man got to me. He looked at me like I wasn't even worthy to put his hands on me and pray for me and pass me by. And that day I went home so fragmented and broken to the point that I, I wanted to cry my way home, knowing that this Jesus guy that this man was talking about doesn't love me either. My dad don't love me. And Jesus don't love me. And six months later, I was on a broken lot playing with a friend of mine's, and this necklace fell from the sky. It had seven different colors, represent seven dark powers of the dark side. The necklace fell. It fell from the sky, fell right on my feet. I looked down. I grabbed it. I, I told my friend, I got to run home. My mother's calling me. I took off, took the necklace, put it around my neck as I was getting home. And that necklace was with the shackles that the devil put on me at the age of eight years old. And 25 years of my life went missing into the dark world. 
Yeah, to be immersed in that for 25 years, learning the highest level of your craft, really achieving the highest ranks as far up as you can really go. You were running regions, territories. It's just incredible. You know, I read something where you were drinking a concoction of blood and gunpowder. I mean, just some of the things you were doing and some of the the things you were learning, the tricks of the trade, if you will, all the deep, dark secrets of the underbelly of Satan's kingdom. You learned it. I was a general. I was I was running regent for the devil. The devil teach you how to astral project. So I would astral project. Astral projecting was an easier way to take over the regions and paralyze the churches in those regions because astral projecting, you can curse the area, the region. You can curse it and get to the location is easier to captivate the people that way than to, to go door by door and try to grab one person at a time. You see, there's a principality called Sarabanda. Sarabanda is an African named principality. Sarabanda is a principality that when when you were, when I was going to demon church, when I was going to demon church, I was being trained and groomed to know colors, to know regions, to know different demons, how they operate, how they move with the territorial mimic spirits, familiar spirits, principality, how they how they function in the spirit realm. That's what the training was how to function and then most of my training was, was spiritual warfare training because one of the craziest thing that the demonic church teacher is spiritual warfare it's funny because the church don't even teach you that you know the church at large they don't even teach you spiritual warfare they just want you to get beat up spiritually and uh and sing hallelujah songs and so 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 this whole situation uh of being trained this principality of islam if you go to islam you go to mecca you go to these places, the number one, if you if you see the, the, the bandanas, if you see the bandanas over their head, radicals, right? If you see the bandana over their head, it's green color. It's green. And the color of this devil, of this principality, his color that initiates him between home and humanity, it's color green. You see the patterns and cycles, how the, the demonic world infiltrate humanity and religion and, and create a cult and manifest themselves between the people, operate within the people and get the damage done into the people, through the people. And you know what's really sad, John? When you're recruiting someone into your satanic world or a witch is bringing someone into a witch coven, boy, they're going to teach you your power, your dominion, your authority, the the tricks of the trade, the secrets of their craft. They're going to show you your dominion. They're not doing that in churches. That's really sad. The church isn't teaching anything about power, dominion, and authority in Christ Jesus. Churches, uh, you know, it thing that saddens me the most about the church a lot, and I, I'm the church of Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't say this to, you know, to be critical or, or, or try to, throw, you know, pick up stones and try to stone the church at all. But it upsets me about the church at large is that we have a fight to fight. We got people to get saved. We got people to deliver. We got people that, you know, when I was in the dark side, my job was to infiltrate the church and, and try to destroy this man to the church, God's people. Well, how much more now that I, in Christ, I can't, I don't have, I'm signing the trumpet and telling the church, you know, we need to wake up to the reality that there is a devil to fight. You can't walk with God and be holding the devil's hand. You know, it is impossible. Even Paul says in the, in, in the word of Galatians, Paul says in the word of Galatians, and they preach any other gospel to you, that it's not the gospel of the one we preach to you. Let them be cursed. So how is it that you're preaching a false gospel today? You A new age, actually a new age gospel is being preached today in the church. Yeah. And people are receiving it. And people embracing this new age gospel. When Paul said in 2 Timothy that in the last days, you know, there'll be teachers. There'll be, there'll be teachers, doctrines of demons. How is it that we're not identifying and understanding or discerning that these things are poison? 
to the body of Christ. It just dumbfounds me that, that, that the church at large is not even teaching any spiritual warfare. And thank God, not all churches, because I've been to some amazing churches to preach. I was out in California, 700, one-day event. The first altar call, over 90 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. And then after that, we set it off on the devil like he never seen it before on <laughs> California. So, so God is doing something. Uh, uh, we are listening we are tuning into what God is doing. You've said something really profound, John. You've said that the kingdom of darkness is more organized than the kingdom of light. And that is actually really shocking when you think about the fact that Christians, they are not addressing the enemy through spiritual warfare. It's not a practice. And yet people have infirmities, cancers, sicknesses, illness, miscarriages, mental illness, torment, suicide, death. These are all things that witches send out. And yet Christians are not being equipped to combat these kind of attacks and turn the tables on the enemy. You know, it's amazing. I want to I want to like I want to share something. I think I, I haven't shared this in another show. This is my first time sharing it here. My first book out of the was Cardin. There's a story in about this ex ex girlfriend I had. She was a backslider. We got together. The reason she came back to the Lord because she saw the demonic side who I was that brought fear into her, and she ran back to the church and rededicated her life to the Lord. And it's amazing because I remember her parents are saying, hey, uh, we want to go see this play at this church. We're going to go see this play at this church. You should come with us. You know, we invite you. So I asked the demon's permission if I can go to, to this play at the church. I was a devil worshiper. I was just killing animals, drinking blood, cutting myself, drinking my own blood. I mean, I was sold out. I mean, completely sold out. I didn't sign up for no Christianity. There was no application for me to sign up. I didn't want one anyway. And so I go with them. You know, I said, okay, I'll go with y'all because I, mean, I wanted to make her happy. So I tag along with them. And we're on this long line. And we saying that in the long line. This line's not even moving. And I'm standing at the line saying, I mean, I'm, when we go get in? I mean, this long line. When we move it? And actually, the, 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 you know what the humor about the whole thing? It was Nikki, Nikki Cruz play. Uh, <laughs> crossing the Swiss play. So I'm standing on the line <laughs> criticizing as a devil worshiper. When we going to get in? This is crazy. Man, you people in line for a guy, for a man, for some stupid play. You got to be out of your mind. Get out of here with that stuff. So I walked away from the line and said, I'm not going to. I'm going home. I've got better things to do with my time than stand here and watch some dumb plays, you know, to them. And they were looking at me like they were shocked. And the people in line. They were like shocked, like this guy is talking like that. Is he a Christian? I'm only a Christian. I was the only devil worshiper on the line. So that was my first encounter by Nikki Cruz ministry. And then my second encounter was that one day I come out the building, my neighbors, I come out this building and I hear this 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 I hear this noise in the in the back, like 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 a band playing. I'm like, who, who, who's playing this garbage? And it was worship music. I said, Who's playing who's playing this garbage in my neighborhood without my permission? So I started I started to look, tune into the music and started to listen to where the music was coming from. So as as I got closer, the music started to get louder. I said, I'm gonna teach these people a lesson to come into my territory to my demonic house without my permission and play this garbage. I'm going to teach these people a lesson. I'm, I'm going to get myself semi-demon possessed and release some demonic powers against them. They're, they're going to pay a price for what they're doing. So when I got I'm up close and personal to these kids called Truths, actually, it was Nikki Cruz, young teen. Truths, they were like 17, 18 years old. I mean, these kids were young. I mean, young. They were on fire for Jesus Christ. They were on fire. They had a wall around them, Zechariah chapter 2, 5, a wall of fire around them. Man, when that wall hit me, I mean, it dismantled what I was coming up against them. I mean, I had, hell was coming at them. I mean, straight on. And they had, they had something that I didn't have. And that thing stopped me on my tracks and, I mean, took my heart. It felt like Jesus took his hand into my heart and just crushed it. And for the first time, I felt love. Wow. And I shook it off. I ran off and I said, I'm not dealing with this stuff. 
my eyes were full of tears. I could not believe what was happening at that moment. And then the sense of humor, years later, years later, I end up at uh, Pastor Ham's house, up upstate New York. Pastor Ham is a pastor. Actually, Pastor Ham is, is a co-pastor. He's an evangelist pastor at Times Square Church. Amazing man of God, wonderful man of God. He, he was uh, in Nicky Cruz ministry for a long time, running Nicky Cruz ministry. I end up at his house. I got introduced to him. We shared, we talked a little bit. And he said, I got something for you. He, he gives me the book, Run, Baby, Run, by Nikki Cruz, right? I'm wow. like, what a sense of humor. I mean, now I'm a young Christian. He gives me the book, and then he gives me a T-shirt that says, Truce, that's that same T-shirt that the young kids was wearing when I went to attack them. I mean, God has a sense of humor, ain't it? I end up with a T-shirt that the same kids that I attacked, that I couldn't penetrate, I couldn't touch, I couldn't move them at all. They couldn't be moved, they couldn't be touched, and there was a force to be reckoned with, and they put me in my place spiritually for the first time in 25 years. You know what the funny thing about my sister? They were like 17, 18 year olds. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 were no, they were no theologians, they were no PhDs, they were no Bible uh, scholars or anything. These were just kids filled with the Holy Spirit and living right and living in truth and knowing that they were doing something for Jesus that they couldn't be touched. And not even the worst devil worship in New York City couldn't put their hands on them spiritually. God gave me a glimpse, a glimpse that he is greater, he is mightier than anything that can come against them. Amen to that. Wow, you know what? Nikki Cruz, one of my favorite evangelists of all time. David Wilkerson, another one of my absolute favorites. What a powerful man of God. What was it like being mentored personally by him, John? Oh, man. I, I, you know, I, I was talking to a friend last night, and I said something with you, and I'm going to be very open and transparent. Pastor Day was a man beyond our time. Pastor Day truly, truly was a prophet. Not like these phonies on TV and these phonies on churches these days, that they, that the, the garbage and hogwash that they prophesy, they should just shut their mouth and go brush their teeth, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> go wash your mouth, brush your teeth, because uh, junk is coming out of your mouth. My sister, the occult came out the closet, and the church went into the closet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the bottom line. That, that is the bottom line. The witches are not hiding themselves anymore. They, they're in, in your face. You know why? My, let me just say something. You know, you know what? You know what the church is missing. The church is missing. The church talks about the devil to a certain degree. The church does that. Okay, they they do that because it's all cheap talk. It's all cheap talk. Okay, but no one is confronting the devil. You see, it's a different when you can talk about somebody, but when you confront that person, the story changes. So the church is not confronting the devil. The church is talking about him, but they're not confronting the devil. That's why there's so many people in church today that are bound that are shackled, that are sick, tormenting spirits, tormenting their mind, suicidal, cutting themselves, oppression, depression, lives in the church because these pastors and these so-called leaders are not confronting the devil. Stop talking about the devil and confront him once and for all and set your church free. We really should be SWAT team members, like special weapons and tactical, storming the enemy's yeah. camp and kicking butt and taking names. We should be we should be spiritual snipers for Jesus Christ Amen. and take out every target, every target in the devil's camp. We should take, take them things down, destroy them, and let the devil worshipers know that we are the church of Jesus Christ and you picked the wrong house to mess with and we ain't playing games with you either. We're going to love on you, but we're not, we're not afraid to come face to face to you face to face with these witches. I, 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 tell, I tell people every meeting I go, witches, you're invited to come. I'll give you front seats where I'm at. 
Come and bring it. Yeah. Come and bring it because the power of God will set you free. And the book of Acts, when the, son, the sons of Sceva were casting out little, you know, little baby demons, you know, out of people, whatever, they got away with it for a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, the, when the real demon showed up and said, hey, Paul, I know he has authority. He has rank. He's been with Jesus. We know he's under the blood. We know the power of the blood on his life. And we know Jesus. He's lost the reservation. We know what he can do to us. But you clown, you phony, we're going to teach you a lesson. Well, we are casting you out in the name of a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Think about it. We're doing that in the church today. We're we doing that in the church today. We ca I'm casting you out about this Jesus I think I know about, uh, this Jesus that, that I kind of believe about. I'm casting you out in the name of, of the Jesus that I, I kind of read this in the scripture the other day. I mean, we need to come to a place of truth. I mean, you could, the Bible said, guard your salvation. If you was once saved, always saved, and you were living under grace, you know, with lollipops and ice cream and, and peaches and cream and, and cherries on top, and then you don't have to worry about nothing. You just be comfortable and just, you know, ride, ride the wave until Jesus get back. But that's not the case. That's not true. That's a false theology. That is from the pits of hell. Even Pastor Dave Wilkinson preached about these things. Even in Pastor Dave Wilkinson, in the book of the vision, he talked about the tsunami in Japan. He talked about the collapse of the house market. He spoke about how church was going to ordain, was going to ordain homosexuals he talked about. Uh, he talked about the cable box, the small box that was going to come out, and pastors were going to come up in pornography in this situation. So this is a prophet. I walked with this man for three years, in and out, supermarket. This man was the real deal. Even to the point I heard the other day, I was in Times Square Church, my sister, and I, and I share this one moment with you and your audience. So the audience won't be confused about stupidity. Let's, let's bring it to the table. David Wilkerson, at the age of 70 years old, the Lord called him to minister to pastors around the world, to refreshing pastors around the world with his son, Gary Wilkerson. Gary Wilkerson has an amazing church in Spring, in Spring, Colorado. Amazing church there. Pastor Dave went to different countries. And when the glory of God came down in those places, there were, it was recorded. It was recorded. And actually, he never played it to no one. This was told in Times Square Church because we were celebrating the 30, 30 years anniversary in Times Square Church with Pastor Carl. And the other wonderful pastors that are there and the leaders that are there. And when the glory came down, the, all these people at the stadium fell out. That is the glory because you can't stand. Even the Bible says in Solomon's days and all these testaments of old, when the glory fell, people fell out. They couldn't preach and pass the day and they fell out. And the interesting thing was that on the other side of the campus, the other side of the campus, there were buildings on the other side of the campus. And the janitors were cleaning the buildings over there and they didn't know anything about what was going on in the stadium. And they fell out too. Well, John, would the early Christians, if they were around today, would they even recognize what we call Christianity? Man, they, they we'll be worse than the Pharisees. We'll be worse than. I mean, if Paul was on. If Paul was living in our days, or Jesus is living in our day, they, they, the church will hire hitmen to kill him. Well, he's already kicked out a lot of churches. We preaching Jesus, we teaching Jesus, but we don't hear Jesus teaching us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we just we just living on the gifts, and people are so in love with the gifts that they're not in love with the presence of God anymore. They can't distinguish one from the other. Lukewarm. The only the only believers that I met, like we said earlier today in this wonderful show, the only believers I met was a Nikki Cruz, the Cruz Ministry. They called Truce. Young young men that were out there, young ladies out there that were sold out for Jesus Christ. They, I couldn't do nothing with them. And even when I used to Asher project, my sister, in those days I used to Asher project, and I used to come and curse many neighborhoods. And the only neighborhood that I was not able to curse was a Christian that knew how to pray. And when I came into the neighborhood, they were in the spirit already praying, and they knew how to chase me out of the neighborhood and take over the neighborhood. I couldn't do nothing to the neighborhood because the power of prayer was the power that would shake me, shake me to the core and move me out of the neighborhoods. Well, speaking of evil in your neighborhood, 
Now, I've heard you say that you are shocked that Christians celebrate Halloween, which is really the devil's holiday. Talk about that. I mean, let, let me let me set up a quick platform on this. I mean, how is it that we are so quick? We are so quick to celebrate such a demonic holiday, a demonic day. I, I mean, and then after next the day, the day after November first, it's all Saints Day. That means it, it, that's all demonic day too. It's, it, run, it runs from th- October thirty first into November first, midnight. Both of they run together parallel. Those two, those two demonic holidays. How is it? Let me just say something quick. Not my mouth. Not the mouth of Jesus, not the mouth of the church. And I do love the church. I don't want people to understand. I, I love the church. I love my brother and sister. That's why I get a, a righteous anger with leaders that should be teaching truth and should help people grow and get God's best in their lives. And I think that we should stop playing patty cake with the devil and confusing people and not helping people to get set free from the tormenting spirit and generational curses that sometimes are still there in our lives that we want someone to come aside side by side and, and be, be your brother's keeper and get into the fight and get into the battlefield and help that brother to be set free. Amen. So let me let me just set something up. On Tom Navey, we know we know he was the founder of the Church of Satan. You, you're familiar with this character, right? Oh, yeah. Right. This is his quote to the Christian world. This is his quote. Not mine. Not John Ramirez. Not my sisters. Not the church. This is him saying, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Why would this man say that? So, so let's say let's take John out of the equation. Let's take the, maybe the religious people because they probably think we we super religious because we we sounding the <laughs> trumpet. So you know we we judging you know we judging. So why listen to the words of Anton Lavey that he was the founder of the Church of Satan, which before he died he had eight thousand members, right? He had eight thousand members in his church, right? Before he died, and four thousand of them was ex Christian believers. Ex Christian believers was four thousand out of the eight thousand members of his church. It goes to show the deception of what the devil can do to the church of Jesus Christ if we're not armed and dangerous, if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have no discernment, right? So he's saying to them, I am glad. In other words, thank you, parents, Christian parents, that you're allowing your children to worship the devil at least one time of the year, October 31st. It gets you to a place, to, to the, it shakes you to the core. I don't see, have you ever seen Satan say, hey, you know, once you let us in, we'd like to celebrate Good Friday with you? No. Right? I mean, I don't have, have no sentence come out to me and say, I can't wait for Good Friday. I want to come and celebrate with you. I mean, really. <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, that would be like, I'll be shocked. If they, so how is it that Christians are saying, hey, devil worshipers, hey, church of Satan, hey, devil, we like to join you, at least for one day. And then, and then devils, I won't feel convicted. Let's call it harvest. Let's call it harvest. Well, gee, the only harvest I've read in the Bible is harvest of soul that you should be out there giving out tracts. And preaching the gospel, you should be out there telling people about Jesus. That's the harvest you need to be chasing. Not candies or dress like the little mermaid, which is a marine spirit, or Casper the Friendly Ghost, which is a demon. And you dress, you're dressing your kids like this, and you're changing your kids' identity, and you're giving the legal, legal rights to the devil to do whatever he wants with your kids. It's like saying, hey, have my kid. Do whatever you want with them. And, uh, you know, if you want to bring them back, bring them back. If you don't, you know, keep them. I mean, really, how is it that you're going to sacrifice your kid and you're going to put your kid in a demonic altar by dressing them up like a ghost, like a goblin? You're dressing them like a pumpkin, whatever. You're dressing them up and you're changing his identity, spiritual identity. And you say, devil, I give you my kid. Do whatever you want. That's why when you celebrate your kids and you, you celebrate your kids, say five-year-old to eight-year-old, and you put them into this costume and you put them into this, when he's at 16, 17, 20-year-old, your kid snaps, 
Your kid go crazy. He kills some people. Something happened. He ended up in jail. And you, oh my God, what happened? We were going to church. No, what happened was that you open up your, you open up kid at that age. And that's what the devil say. The devil's not bound by time and space, by the way. So the devil's gonna come back. And he's gonna cash in his chips over your kids. Well, and a lot of people do think it's harmless, but what does Ephesians 5.11 tell us? And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It's pretty clear there. Expose them. The Bible, it's, it's expose them. Expose them. I give you another scenario. I give you another crazy scenario. At one time, we had the church doing the ice bucket challenge. People caught heat. I caught heat over that situation. Everybody was doing the ice bucket. Every Christian, every Christian member, every Christian pastor, they were doing the ice bucket challenge because of the because a one young gentleman created the ice bucket challenge because his friend was you know I think something like a wheelchair paralyzed and he was trying to uh, he was trying to collect funds. I can dig the fact that you try and do the good thing, but the ice bucket challenge is demonic. It's demonic to the court. That's why the young man that came up with the situation with the ice bucket challenge, after his days were over, he was like 20-something years old, after his days were over, the devil took him out, he committed suicide, okay? Because the ice bucket challenge is a ritual that I did when I was in the witchcraft world. It's called Sansi, which is a Haitian ceremony that you're doing. I'm not going to get into that, the details of, of, of the functionality, but it has to do, uh, there's very few people in America that had the chance to do this demonic ritual called Sansi. Sansi is a Haitian demonic ceremony, and they end to see the deal with the devil and the contract, they bathe you in ice bucket water. The church is just embracing this thing. Oh, I, I challenge this idiot, and I challenge Gilligan, and I challenge this other idiot to come do the ice bucket challenge. Really? I mean, how is it you challenge you, you in the world? We embrace everything of the world so quickly, so easily, without even investigating what the situation is. But meanwhile, the world is not embracing the church because we look like the world. Well, and you know what, John, you're right. And I hope this book, Armed and Dangerous, changes that for people. This is an arsenal that I really highly recommend. People just need to get this book. I have all three of your books. So powerful. I recommend all three. But this, Armed and Dangerous, is probably, I think, one of your best. You know, it's not a brand new book, but it's certainly absolutely timely for what we're dealing with in these very demonic days. It's time, John, for people to learn how to do spiritual warfare. It's not open for discussion anymore. I mean, I, I believe it. we're in the time that if you're church and teaching your spiritual warfare, man, you have to go to one-on-one -on -one with the Holy Spirit and get your own training. You know, you need to stand on your own two feet. And this book brings spiritual warfare from the offense side because there's two sides to spiritual warfare. It's the defense side that we stay there, wait on God, and we know when to strike, right? David even proved that. Dave, King David said, Lord, should I pursue, right? Every time he had a battle, he would, he would seek the Lord and say, Lord, should I pursue it? This is my fight. I mean, David was an awesome man of God, right? So we need to understand that in the spiritual world, the spiritual realm, in the spiritual attack, trials, the stuff that the devil throws at us, we need to understand that we need to be the one pursuing the kingdom of doctrine. The gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of light, amen, against the church of Jesus Christ, the real church, right? So this book, Arming Dangerous, it's an amazing book because it has so much spiritual warfare prayer. You need spiritual warfare prayers in life to bring down. You need violence spiritual warfare prayer to bring down cancer, sickness, infirmity, demonic forces of every kind that is attacking you. And this book teaches you how, teach your hands, teach you how to fight, trains you spiritually to teach you how to walk in the spirit, how to maintain yourself walking in the things of God, and teach you how to fight and put the devil in his place. I'm in danger. And in the, in the, in the, in the one of the most blessed of this book is Nicky Cruz rolled forward on this book. All his life, all his life, he'd been in frontline ministry, spiritual warfare at every level, 
This man came from a family of witches and warlocks, gang members in New York City. Thank God for Pastor Dave. They had the heart to minister to him. And Nikki Cruz today, today, at the age of 80, I think Nikki Cruz, he is one of the greatest evangelists of our time. Like Pastor Dave Wilkerson was one of the greatest pastors of our time. Nikki Cruz is one of the greatest evangelists of our time. Hands down. Hands down. I say that with all my heart. And that's why this book, I'm in Dangerous, is going to teach the believers, show the believers, open your eyes spiritually to the, to the demonic ground, how you can take a stand and get the victory. Well, it really lives up to the name Armed and Dangerous. It shows us how to be effective warriors, how to be spiritual Navy SEALs, like special operations in the in the warfare world. Exactly. My sister, 100%. We need to know how to take back the territory. We need to know how to take back everything the devil has stolen from us. We need. We, we can't just sit there and wait for someone to do it for you. We can't sit there and wait. Your pastor, when the enemy shows up at your house at 3 in the morning, your pastor ain't coming to your house at 3 in the morning, you know, to, to try to help you fight. You need to know how to fight for you, for your family, for your loved ones, for your ministry, for what God has given you, what God entrusted you with. God entrusted you with, with a ministry, with a purpose, with a destiny. You need to keep the devil, keep your hands off this this situation because I know how to fight back. Amen. Well, listen, John, in the waning moments, tell people where they can get a copy of the book, your website. And also, I know that you do public speaking. You also go speak at churches. You do deliverance. How can folks that are listening bring you to their church as well? So give out your info. Amen. I actually, I'm, I think uh, next month, I think I'm going to, I think the end of this month, I'm, I think end of this month, you can go to my website, johnremerick.org. I'm going to be up in Canada. I'm going to be in Toronto, Canada. I think I'm doing a TV show up there, a big popular TV show I'm doing there. You know, you can go to Amazon, uh, man, go to Amazon matter of fact, when you go to Amazon, don't even purchase the book. Read what people are saying and then trust God and put this book in your hands and read it. I'm guaranteeing you, you won't put it down. You will read this book more than one time because it's going to teach you, it's going to equip you, and it's going to set you free. And you can go to Amazon for I'm in Dangerous. Also, my other book is there, uh, Unmasking the Devil. And my first book, which is my testimony out of the Devil's Cauldron, is there too. I think you can get all three of them for a few dollars on Amazon. And I think John Ramirez Ministries, johnramirez.org, if any church out there would like to invite me uh, to come and speak or do spiritual warfare training. That's what I do. I, I'm going to Texas and Houston next month to do spiritual warfare training. Uh, I do that because that's what God called me to do, to equip the church in Jesus' name. I mean, you have such a powerful testimony, such a powerful ministry. I'm so grateful for brothers like you that are spiritual snipers training. I mean, you're like a, a Navy SEAL trainer now, <laughs> training up the body amen. of Christ. Thank Helping you. Helping my brothers and sisters. Amen. amen. And the only reason I say this, the only reason I have a powerful testimony, because I serve a powerful guy. Well, God bless you, my sister. We'll talk soon. Have a blessed day. Folks, that was John Ramirez. His information is over there at johnramirez.org. Armed and Dangerous is the book. Subtitle, The Ultimate Battle Plan. And I'll tell you, it lives up to its name. It's got a five-star rating. Go check that out on Amazon.com. And like he said, read the testimonials. John also wrote a really powerful endorsement for Power Prayers Warfare That Works. So as you can see, you know, we really have a passion for spiritual warfare to equip the body in this lateness of the hour, in these end times, on how to fight back and how to win. You know, it's interesting. I was on a speaker engagement with a particular minister and boy, know those who labor amongst you because he got up on stage and he totally undermined everything I'd talked about about spiritual warfare. And I was really shocked. 
And you know what? This is really the situation in churches. They're not dealing with deliverance, demons. They're not dealing with demonic affliction. And why am I overworked? Because those guys aren't dealing with demons. That's exactly why guys like Brother John Ramirez and myself and others are trying to equip the body of Christ in spiritual warfare and deliverance. Because you know what? Deliverance is the children's bread. And we always say this, prayer is when you're addressing God. Warfare is different. Warfare is when you're addressing the enemy. And boy, when the church ever wakes up and gets that, that's going to be a powerful thing. Hey, listen, I am on Instagram now. I just opened an Instagram account. Um, I think somebody hijacked my name. You know what's really weird? Sheila Zelinsky was not available. Somebody else either hijacked it or, or whatever. But listen, my official Instagram Write this down, Zelinsky Sheila, all one word, small caps. Zelinsky Sheila, all one word, small caps. And I've just had my web team add it on my social media icons there at www.sheila.media. Make sure you are following me on Twitter, Facebook, and you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. And listen, lastly, do watch for the show that I'm just uploading as soon as this show is done. And it is very powerful. Listen, you need to listen to this show. We only touched on Halloween today, but I called it Exposed, the Shocking Secret of Halloween. You need to listen to this. It's not that long. Very powerful stuff. Do be watching for it over the weekend here, folks. And then I'm off next week. I'm taking my dad to cancer treatment in another city. So I will be off until the end of the month. And I'll see you back here in November. Make sure that you do share these two shows on Halloween. This one that I just did with Brother John and that other one called Exposed the Shocking Secret of Halloween. Watch for it over the weekend. And one final thing, be watching also over the weekend. Pat Holiday and I do a specific prayer. Remember early in the show I talked about, remember these witches that are launching a ritual to hex Brett Kavanaugh? Yeah, we're going to deal with that. Be watching for that over the weekend. Make sure you're following my podcast on www.sheila.media. That is why it's so important to be following me on YouTube and on the podcast. So be watching for that. That's Dr. Pat Holiday and I are going to be praying and we'd like you to stand in agreement with us. Uh, we're going to take care of some of those witch hexes. So I hope you'll be standing with us. Be watching for that. I love you all. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless.